You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. I am here, everybody. I am here, and I am red and dirty. Not really. I'm red and tired. I just got back from um, from Dallas. I spent the weekend in Dallas with Generation Rescue, um, and I got to meet a lot of our, a lot of the families that Generation Rescue supports out there in Dallas. And I got to kind of spend the day with them and talk to the moms and meet the kiddos. Um, and I actually met um, one little boy who is a a fellow sibling warrior. Um, his mom's name is Stephanie, and they they live out in Dallas. And I got to come over and hang out at their house. And we did a, a photo shoot for Generation Rescue. And I got to hang out with him. He's, he's a really cool kid. His name is Grant. Um, and I got to play video games with him and, and kind of just spend the day with him and, and meet other uh, families that have been touched by autism and that have seen amazing results with the support of Generation Rescue. And since it is March, the end of March, and Autism Awareness Month is coming up in April, I wanted to to take a minute to reflect on some of the amazing guests that we've had on the show, some of the amazing moms and dads that have come on and shared their stories and and talked openly about their journey with their children with autism and we've had we've had many of them um and I'm so glad to have them as people in my life and and supporters of me and who have come on the show and and I just want to I want to do a best of episode where we acknowledge these families and and I hope that it'll listening to these stories you'll feel compelled to go and support Generation Rescue and and just support families affected by autism in general because I mean this is real and it's happening and the numbers continue to rise and I hope that uh, you feel compelled to do something be a good person today because I'm telling you to. And because these kids, they could use your support. So first up, I picked um, one of my favorite interviews with mommy warrior Jacqueline Larita. You may recognize her from the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Her son's name is Nicholas, and I checked in with her um, a little around this time last year and, and got an update with how, with how Nicholas is doing. So I wanted to, to replay that interview with you. And listen to to what's going on with Jacqueline and and Nick. She is the realest housewife from New Jersey. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi. Can How you hear me good? We can. How are you? We're good. <laughs> How how's I'm the just... how's the New Jersey weather? Oh well, it's been <laughs> gorgeous, but it rained a little today. I was just on the deck slow dancing with my husband. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> How is Mr. Lorita? Oh, he's doing good. He's uh, enjoying a cigar right now, though. <laughs> oh, very, very Italiano. Are you guys having some vino? Um, I'm not. He is. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, how's Nick doing? Oh, he's doing so good. He's, you know, he's making a lot of progress. He's He's not having conversations yet, but he's saying a million different words now. He's questioning verbally that he wants, you know, and I want sentences. He's reading. He's spelling. He's prompting. You know, he's repeating. He's um, dressing himself and brushing his teeth and riding a bike again. And he's really engaged, so much more engaged than he used to be. And, I mean, we definitely see a lot of positive changes. So I feel like the conversational part is coming. It's not there yet. <laughs> oh, well, he seems like he's coming a long way. Yeah, he has. He really has. From completely yeah. non, 
verbal. You know, he he really has. Um, he's funny. He's a he's a funny guy. <laughs> so what's been? What do you think has been the biggest? Um, what do you think has helped him the most? I, I people always ask this, and I I think it's everything works together as a team. You know, he has a great school. His ABA um, ABA has been great. He has a great speech therapist, music therapist, Jen. Of course, um, the hyperbaric oxygen therapy, biopsy help, that's been good. And parent training, I think, is really important. It's all good. I think it just all works together. That's good. I know I Everybody saw you. Be on the same page. You, you know? were just on um, Dr. Oz, weren't you? Yeah, Dr. Oz is so sweet. We saw that. You did a great job, by the way. And thank you so much for all you do for the autism community. Thank you. I started crying before we even started talking because they did this collage of him behind me. And all I had to do was look at it. I'm like, look at it. I'll start crying. And of course I did. (laughs) Aw, well, that's so good to hear. I'm so happy that he's doing better. Yeah. So... Are there, what are your favorite, uh, are there any autism resources that you um, want to share with anybody just while we're on that topic? Oh my God, I have a ton. Well, if you go on to JacquelineLareda.com. Yes, you have a lot of great resources on there. I have a ton of Generation Rescue, you know, Autism Speaks, Autism Hope Alliance. I mean, there's so many that I pull from, Taka. I mean, there's so many. I put a list of a lot of the ones I use on my website. So you can check that out. Yes, everybody, um, please go and visit JacquelineLarita.com to check those out. Uh, I love Jacqueline, and I can't wait. She is going to be back on uh, back on the Real Housewives of New Jersey, which is really exciting. And she is going to be sharing her journey. She hasn't filmed, um, or she hasn't really shared her journey in a while, and she's coming back on on Real Housewives to share where her and Chris and Nicholas are today. I cannot wait. So everybody tune into the new season of Real Housewives, which is coming up soon, Real Housewives of New Jersey. This next awesome warrior um, is a warrior dad. His name is Ryan Newfeld. You may remember him. Um, he played for several sports teams. And he shared his story with his son, Will, and his wife, Dawn, who is an amazing mommy warrior. I just saw them when I was in Dallas at the Mavericks game. And I wanted to re- I wanted to, I wanted to share his perspective because I don't think we get to hear a lot from the dads. So listen to Ryan Newfeld and his journey with Will. So your son, Will, was diagnosed with autism at the age of three. What 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 was the biggest cha- or biggest struggle for you um, after receiving that diagnosis? Uh, that was it was that was really difficult. Um, it was um, uh, quite a blow, uh, and kind of for me, it's like kind of life just stood still for for a while. Um, uh, I I didn't really want to uh, accept it. Did uh, you did you understand what autism was at that time? Um, yeah, I kind of, because, yeah, I, I, I heard some things about it, and, and after my wife, uh, she kind of mentioned some things after, uh, before we got the, uh, official diagnosis, we, uh, my wife's done, did some research and, and kind of mentioned some things about it, um, so I would, you know, kind of pay attention to, to what she was telling me, and, and, um, and then, uh, seeing a few things like, um, on on TV or or the internet, so, uh, I I mean I didn't know what it, what it would be like um, living with it day to day, but I kind of had an idea of what uh, what what it was all about. 
So what was the biggest part? You, you said acceptance w- was tough for you at the beginning. What part of of accepting it did you have a struggle with? Uh, I I just kind of was in denial. I didn't want to believe it. I, I thought, um, you know, after some time, I thought Will uh, would um, just catch up. Right. Uh, to kids, just grow out uh, of it. Kind of his age. So I, I, I didn't really want to accept the diagnosis or, or uh, believe that it would have... Um, it would it would affect him um, for you know a long period of time. I thought, well, he'll grow out of it or he'll catch up is what kind of I I wanted to believe. Were there any other signs that you noticed aside from um, some of the delays? Um, were there any signs that you noticed that maybe indicated that he might have autism? Uh, I think um, so. There were the delays. The kind of the first thing uh, he he wasn't uh, he didn't really. Uh, point out things or point at things with his finger, which is kind of the first sign of the communication for kid for uh, kids is they you know point stuff out their fingers, so stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh, it was really kind of the repetitive behavior mm-hmm. we we would notice, um, it, like when we would take Will to a Jimboree class, um, he would be. Uh, doing uh, repetitive behavior kind of in the corner, like going in circles where the other kids were uh, following directions and doing uh, what what the instructor was kind of like putting the kids through. So that was uh, kind of some some first uh, signs for, for us. How did the... And dog- I guess, and then also like the eye contact and, and stuff like that. Right, which are all very common with, with kids with autism. Is there anything that you would advise parents to look out for now? Or any like key key signs that you would say, you know, look out for this, or or any advice that you would have for first receiving that diagnosis. Uh, for like, um, as far as signs to look for. Yeah, like if like if there's a parent out listening and they suspect that their child might have autism, but they don't know too much about autism, what advice would you give them? Oh well, I mean, if they, um, you know, if they uh, suspect something, I would say definitely trust your intuition and get them evaluated as soon as possible. Because, uh, you know, the earlier we could um, get uh, kiddos, uh, you know, affected by the, the earlier, you know, we get them in some early intervention type services, you know, the better it'll be for um, for that kid in the long run, for sure. Absolutely. So how did the diagnosis affect um, affect your marriage? How how new into the marriage or how how long were you and Don married before um, before Will was born? So we uh, married in 2001. He was born in 2004, uh, so about three years. And then um, uh, he, we had Will, uh, yeah, 2004, and then probably 2005, 2006, we started noticing some things. And then 2007, he was uh, he was diagnosed. So, um, uh, so yeah, we were married quite a while, um, and I uh, think. Uh, uh, at that point, I was still uh, playing and pursuing uh, my football career, uh, so uh, I kind of, I think I put more focus on uh, my football career and kind of withdrew um, uh, from from the family and, and focused on that because I because I feel like that. Um, focusing on football helped me to suppress thinking about it, right? Because um, because I didn't want to think about it, I didn't want to uh, deal with it. Um, 
Yeah, when we can uh, focus on something else, we don't have to right. actually face, you know, the problems that are right in front of us. Exactly. And that's kind of the what what the problem that I that I fell into and and uh and it it wasn't helping anybody. Uh right. it, it didn't uh, serve well as far as um, our marriage and there was a rough patch there for sure. Was there any guilt for for your lack of participation at that time that you you struggled with? Uh, there was uh, some, yeah. There was uh, guilt. You know, I didn't really know what to do. Didn't know how to help. Um, um, you know, again, I I was in denial about the situation, um, and and yeah. So it was, it, it just felt uh, it, it felt better to me to to try to forget about it and and really put my mind towards uh, you know my career. So what was the turning point for you that said, okay, this is my son, you know, this is happening, this is real, you know, what what was the next step for you? How did you, you know, get so involved? I think it was, it was just, I just came to a realization that, that I'm, I'm not helping anybody. I'm not helping the situation. I'm not helping my family. Uh, I'm not helping my son. Um, uh, so it was really, it was after... Uh, you know, a year, a couple of years where I was just like, you know, this, I'm, if in some way that I am hindering his progress because of um, my, how immature I'm being about the, the situation, um, you know, if I'm hindering his progress, you know, that's definitely, that that's not going to fly, not going to work. And, it, and, you know, it'll cause problems not only between, um, uh, you know, my relationship with Will, but definitely with my relationship with my wife. So um, I really had to uh, take a, a 180 and, um, you know, help and and do what I can to uh, really help the situation, help my son and and, and join uh, join my wife in, in the uh, battle. So following your retirement, following your retirement, did, um, were you able to take... Is that when you decided to take on more of a of a stay at home, hands on role? Yeah, um, there uh, there was uh, you know I, I did have some aspirations of getting into uh, coaching, um, and the the lifestyle of coaching you know it's you know similar to playing um, you know you could you can move around the country and move from city to city every few years and, and, you know, that, in that career path is coaching. Um, and I knew that would not be the best environment for Will, um, you know, because he would need um, structure and consistency. Uh, so I really had to, you know, step back from that and do what was best for him. And in which case would, would be to take more of a stay home dad role and to be able to, to help him, you know, reach his full potential. So is that tough for you being, you know, this NFL star that travels the country and, you know, you're playing for big, big teams like the Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills, and then to now have to be the stay-at-home dad, was that, was the adjustment at all tough for you? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, extremely imagine. humbling. <laughs> yeah. Extremely humbling for sure. Um, and uh, it, and e- even, you know, even now, there. There are times where, uh, man, I just, you know, I, I, there are times where I wish I could, uh, you know, just, you know, get out there and, and, and do something. And, 
um, and, and you know some of that some of my injuries from playing hinder me from from doing things as well right. um, but I think just um, just that inner drive I think every uh, person has to, to to you know work and do something you know that's always going to be there right. uh, but you know I have to take a step back from that and be like okay well uh, you know, I'm I'm here for for my family. I, I'm I'm helping my son, um, you know, grow and and reach his potential and be able to, um, you know, be a be able to contribute to, to society and you know to 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 be an adult. And so, um, I think that when I focus on that, it definitely puts things into uh, perspective on on really what's important and and try to put myself um, you know aside and and not be selfish about this situation, but really look to what's best for my family and what's best for uh, my son. What made you and Don decide to go public with Will's diagnosis? We, I, we, our biggest thing was we wanted to help uh, other families. Uh, we knew that, um, you know, from, from the numbers, uh, the, the increase in, in uh, diagnosis of autism um, that's been going on the past several, year, several years that, um, you know, as of right now, it's just not going away. And, yeah, and, the numbers are staggering right now. Yeah, it's like one in, what was it? One, one in, in 68. 68, yeah. Yeah. So we know that there are going to be other families that are going to deal with this. And so, you know, we wanted to do what we can to help others and um, to to give them, help give them hope uh, for for their situation and what the future can, can hold for them. And how is Will doing now? He's doing pretty well. He is. He's uh, 11 now, and uh, um, he he is verbal, so um, so he can definitely ask for things and and request stuff, and and sometimes he'll surprise us with uh, uh, spontaneous, um, uh, you know, initiating conversation or some something spontaneous, which is great. Um, yeah. So we're just still working on kind of the social. Um, uh, behaviors and and more getting trying to pull out more of that that spontaneous one-on-one you know back and forth conversation right get the dialogue uh, but, uh, going. you know but he's he's made he's come a long way he's doing well that's good so what's your focus on for him him now like is it entering high school or, or starting to are you guys even starting to think about that or puberty has that even uh, crossed we, your mind well, puberty has crossed uh, my mind. Oh, especially uh, you, your dad. Dad runs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's uh, it's it's around the corner. That's for sure. We haven't hit mm-hmm. it yet, but uh, yeah, he's eleven. He'll uh, he'll be starting uh, middle school uh, next year. Um, so, and, and that's kind of um, uh, I'm nervous about middle school. Um, yeah. So you know, because grade school here has been uh, elementary school here has been been really awesome for Will. The kids uh, uh, around him have been great as far as helping him out of school. And uh, But, you know, it's just that middle school, I'm, I'm just kind of, uh, you know, kind of a little apprehensive and concerned about it. But uh, Is he changing uh, I think, schools? Um, I think it'll be a good transition. Is he going into a new school? Uh, he will be next year, yeah, at middle school. Is that scary knowing all, I mean, how is he socially? Is that uh, is that something that he struggles with? Um, he's he's okay. I mean, he likes kind of being out, you know, doing stuff. Um, kind of being like being around 
he'll like being around people. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as um, being in, in, engaged or involved or or playing games, uh, that's kind of what uh, uh, we've been working on is 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 helping him to um, engage with his peers and, and play games with his peers and, and stuff like that. Because he would kind of like like to just sit sit down in the corner and mm-hmm. and kind of observe what's going on, but not really get involved. Talk to me about um, the Frisco Miracle League. Is, is he? He's on. He's on a team, right? Yeah. So uh, when uh, when I was done with Buffalo, mm-hmm. uh, we moved back here to Dallas. It was in uh, two two thousand eight, and that's when we got him involved in Miracle League uh, here in Frisco. Uh, it's uh, um, they do uh, sports for special needs kids. And we started with uh, baseball, and um, so he's playing baseball. Um, now the uh, league has grown. Uh, we have basketball, bowling, soccer, uh, football, um, cheerleading. We just added cheerleading. So, wow. um, so yeah. So right now, Will is doing baseball, football, bowling, and soccer. And um, but. Uh, um, at the, se- the the games he's playing at this point in time in the year is uh, uh, baseball and, and football. So um, they, the Miracle League actually approached me uh, several years ago if I would start the uh, football league, and uh, you know I was uh, was you know I was like yes, you know when, let's get this going right now. <laughs> so yes, I was really excited to start that. That's awesome. Has that helped him with those social skills? Has that helped him kind of open up a bit? Uh, it has, and uh, he, you know, at first he was out there and and uh, kind of just running around, and um, he would either take off running in the baseball field or or lay, you know, or he might lay down for a whole inning in the middle of the, <laughs> the baseball field. But uh, at the beginning, but you know, you just, just keep taking him out there, and and now he's, uh, you know, he's participating. He'll hit the ball on his own and. Uh, baseball and then football he'll you know he'll take the ball football and he'll run and you know score touchdowns so um definitely being able to see him grow um you know athletically and then um also engaging with his peers too so it's been really good that's awesome was that ever something you worried about when he was first diagnosed that might not happen or was that something you always saw happening no i it was definitely uh worried about that might not happen um because you know, after the diagnosis, you know, was, there was that uh, it, it was there was potentially he he wouldn't be able to do you know tip, typical you know things that uh, with me that I guess you know father and sons do a lot to right. things like you know fishing or playing catch stuff like that. But uh, um, I, I was I didn't I wasn't sure he would do that. Um, but now being able to be out there with him on the field and helping him and, and do stuff like this, it's, it's definitely been a, a positive experience. Definitely good to see. That's awesome. So you recently hosted the Dad's Huddle at the Autism Education Summit um, that we had out there in Dallas with Generation Rescue. What motivated you to put on an event just for dads? Because uh, I just know how difficult you know it was for me um, dealing with the diagnosis. Um, and, uh, you know, I just wanted to do, uh, what I could, whatever it was, I, whatever I could do to help dads, um, you know, going through a similar uh, situation. 
Um, you know, for for me, uh, it's it, and I think for a lot of dads, it's just you know we really don't want to you know talk about our feelings or what we're going through. We just kind of want to you know just push it down inside and not really have to deal with it. And I, and I really wanted to um, do something specifically for dads to help give them you know an outlet to uh, to to talk about what they're going through. And if they didn't want to talk about it just to be in there and, and maybe if they could uh, hear a word or, or hear some advice from another dad that, that will help them, you know, I think that would, it would, uh, it is a positive thing as well. It's funny. Cause I was there. Um, I was at the dad's huddle. I wasn't a dad, but I, I was at the huddle with you guys. And I remember seeing all of the dad's, walk in and some of them are a little apprehensive some of them you can tell were a little nervous or or they walked by out the door a couple of times before they actually walked in um but by the end of it it, it really looked like everybody kind of just felt so relaxed and you can see it in the room as you guys were talking and, and bouncing around different thoughts and ideas you can see how they kind of loosened up and started to feel more comfortable and it was it was like a it was nice to kind of see that and it, it, you guys connected on on a really good level so I think it was an awesome event and I I'm glad yeah. you I'm glad you you hosted that cuz I think I think the dads need that Yeah for sure yeah, I'm I'm uh, there was just you know so many when I my wife and I attended the event um, uh, last year, uh, and and then we were uh, approached by you guys to, to help again this year, and and there I, I just ever since last year you know I just thought about man we got to do something for for the dads uh, because they're such an important part um, uh, you know in in helping. The kids, their kids with autism, helping them progress and get better. And uh, if both, you know, if if, if the, you know both parents aren't on board or aren't one hundred percent committed to it, then um, you know they. I just don't think they'll be able to reach their their full potential like they can with when both parents are involved. So, is there any advice that you have to the moms out there? Is you know a way that they can better engage the dads or better get that or you know help them get more involved? Do you think a lot of dads want to get involved and are just afraid or don't know uh, how? Yeah, yeah, I think there's definitely that and um you know they and they got to they got to be ready to do it. Um you know I think uh moms are are so are they're they're really and which is which is great, you know, they're really quick to um uh, to react and and get things moving um which you know what Don did you know, you diagnosed, mm-hmm. okay, boom, what do we got to do? Let's move, let's get this thing going, let's, you know, uh, help our son. Um, and a lot of moms uh, do that, which is wonderful, which is what they need. Um, and it just takes dads longer. And I, and, and I think I think at first, at first diagnosis, uh, I think the moms out there just got to give uh, the dads got to give them some time to process it and deal with it um now i wouldn't suggest you know that carrying on too long because they definitely (laughs) need to get involved and to help out but but i guess the advice i would get is 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 you know be be sympathetic and give them some time to process it um and, and and then just encourage them uh, to 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 help out any way that they can, you know, uh, I guess you know, giving them uh, help out with you know, 
going to get stuff from the sto- grocery store or just helping out around the house first yeah. before maybe doing specific things with uh, the, the child. So I guess that's my advice. And last but not least, I have the amazing Jody Gomes. She is a fierce mom, and she is actually producing a new documentary right now called uh, Warrior Moms. And she has a lot of other moms that uh, are autism moms, and they are sharing their story, and they're filming it, and knowing Jody, it's going to be fabulous and fierce and funny. And I got to chat with her last year with uh, Candace McDonald, who's co-hosted the show a couple times with me, um, and she was amazing, and I want to share her update with her two amazing children. This is Jody Combs. <laughs> How are you, Jody? I'm well. You had me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> how how has it been since Dallas? Have you gotten a chance to settle back in? I actually have not. It's been a whirlwind. Um, Dallas was wonderful. And as you know, I kind of did a touch landing there. I landed and participated, and I got right back on a plane to come back to Atlanta where I'm filming. And um, just have been nonstop advocating and filming and just praying all at the same time. So yeah, <laughs> I'm doing well. <laughs> I love it. And Candice, you're already traveling again. You've been no. Well, you didn't even fly home after Dallas. I did not. I flew to Chicago and then I went to Vegas. And now tomorrow I leave for the New Kids on the Block uh, cruise with um, with Donnie and Jenny. So <sighs> it should be fun. And a, and a bunch of our donors that have. Uh, very much helped Generation Rescue over the years. So, yes, and the the whole Autism Education Summit went really, really well. Everybody seemed really happy with it. I think so. I think it was a great opportunity for all of um, the community to get together, and we were so fortunate to have an amazing group of um, celebrity keynotes, including Jody, who's with us today, and they were able to inspire, you know, the over 800 attendees that were there. So I think that's, you know, one of the most important parts of of the summit. That was crazy. And Jody, you were awesome on the panel. I I tweeted you. I told you, you stole the show. Oh, my God. Thank you. (laughs) You know, when you're in that environment, you really can't quite tell what's going on. There's a lot of lights and a lot of wonderful people in the world and in the room. And you just really just want to be transparent, and that's difficult. But it was such a wonderful, warm, inviting audience. And then Candace did such a great job taking care of us, making sure we got in, and it was a smooth transition. It was a smooth event. And she's just a total rock star. So whenever she needs me, I'm there. So do you want to share with our listeners a little bit about what brought you into this autism community? Absolutely. Um, As I've said many, many times before, my son was diagnosed on the spectrum when he was age three. Uh, We saw a lot of things happening between age two and three that we knew were just, quote, unquote, off. And um, one of the, you know, I was buried in a myriad of misdiagnoses, no diagnoses, no roadmap, and sort of miserable. And I was working with the Jacksons at the time on the Dynasty Project. So I think I Googled something, and I found, and I remembered seeing Jenny, uh, Jenny McCarthy on maybe Oprah, her and Holly were on Oprah, talking about this thing called autism, and I just kind of, it went in one ear and out the other. And I Googled, and I found Generation Rescue. And, um, you know, I started watching old videos of Jenny and Holly, and Generation, Generation Rescue had so much information there for me that I needed it in such an immediate sense. And the biggest thing is it gave me hope. And um, the more Generation Rescue was growing, the more I was getting more information and sort of 
double dipping, you know, watching Jenny's walk and sort of replicating it in my life. And so mm-hmm. I'm thankful for everything that Candace has done and everything that you guys have done at Gen, Gen Rescue. And certainly um, Jenny will always be a huge part of my family uh, for the rest of my life. So I dove in deep and I, I said to myself, if I, if I ever found any kind of path, that I, I would open it up for other people or I would throw a rope back and pull people with me to the finish line. And so that's why I got into the community, and that's why I founded my own foundation, which is Wake Up for Autism. And Wake Up stands, it's an acronym that stands for World Aware, Awareness, Kid Empowerment, Uniting Parents for Autism. And I just mm-hmm. it's really all about parents sharing information with other parents and just educating ourselves together in the quickest way possible. I love that. I love I, I love when you because I think it's funny. I was just having this conversation with someone the other day about families, you know, when you receive that autism diagnosis and you go through that whole um, you know process of acceptance and then moving into finding resources for your child. And there are, there's the ha- half of the community that doesn't want to say anything and that wants to remain quiet and wants to hide the diagnosis and that maybe, you know, sees progress with their child and then they want to kind of just move on with their lives. And then there's the other side, you know, like you and like Jenny, who are very much wanting to use their platform and wanting to share their story and share their testimony. And I love when I can find when I see families like that or people like you and, you know, Don and Ryan Newfeld and Ryan Blair and Jenny um, and, you know, all of the different and Jacqueline and Chris Lorita, you know, that were all at the at the summit, you know, sharing their story and using the platforms that they have. And everybody has such a different platform. You know, everybody has their own niche, so to say. Um, and and I, I just I love that. I want to thank you for for speaking up and for supporting organizations like Generation Rescue. Well, if Jenny had not done it and I wouldn't be here. So, you know, I think we have an obligation to help other parents and to be each other's partner in this. Um, I, I always tell parents, and I speak a lot about autism, and quite frankly, I was one of those people that wanted to hide it initially. Mm-hmm. I was devastated. I had no idea what to do. Um, and my first instinct, and I remember one of the first people um, that gave me some guidance was a very major agent in Hollywood. And I, told, I was in tears, and I was like, I just found out my son has autism, and they gave me the worst prognosis that you could ever think of for his future. And he said... I'm going to tell you this once and one time only. Don't tell anybody Don't your child has autism. At all. You'll never work again. And, you know, and at that point, you know, I, I had two homes. I had mortgages. You know, it just was yeah. like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> so <laughs> then in my, you know, unapologetic way, I was like, F you. I mean, this is my child. I'm not going to hide yeah. from this. It is what it is. And so two parts of me were, were born at that time. And one part was just this very unapologetic portion of me that was like, I'm not going to hide the dynamics of my family. It is what it is. And so if we leave tears everywhere we go, or if we leave stemming flaps everywhere we go, like, it's too bad. <laughs> That's my world. Like, yes. we have wrecked shop at, air, at airports. We have traveled all over the world and left our mark. <laughs> I love and I that. just feel like, you know, instead of hiding and being afraid of autism, I feel like every experience when we touch a new person, whether it's good or bad for them, is a teaching moment, you know, mm-hmm. because it's what I deal with. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, and I'm not going to hide it. I can't hide it. And um, so I always tell parents, take a AAA. You know, AAA is always great for rescuing people in our cars, and so I always Mm -hmm. tell people to take a AAA approach with autism. Accept the diagnosis, adjust your life, and advocate for action for your child. Those are the three A's that I hang on to to this day. And it's a challenge every day. 
It's yeah. a challenge every day. No matter how empowered I feel or how much knowledge I have, it is a challenge every day. And I have tons of resources, but I still feel alone at times. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's a big, big journey, and I applaud every family that stands up and goes through it. But the reality is we have no choice. So we might as well do Absolutely. it together and get to that finish line, whatever it may be defined for your family. Right. And when you're willing to advocate for other families I, and be open about it, there's a community that then embraces you. And you sort of become stronger in numbers and not, I mean, like thinking of the celebrity keynote panel that's grown over the years. It was just Jenny for a long time. (laughs) And now to see eight of you up on stage two weeks ago is, you know, for us, it's very humbling because there's a group that that are doing this and moving forward. And that's so inspiring to all the other families out there, particularly the dads who are having a hard time with those three A's, right? Yeah. The, the, the biggest one is acceptance. Right. Um, but once they get over the acceptance, they're able to adjust and to advocate. Uh, so thank you for being willing to be open about it because there are definitely many very well-known Hollywood stars, agents that we have helped over the years that are not willing to be public. And it really does make a difference when you're um, willing to be open and share that. And I know many, many, many of them. And it, it breaks my heart that they won't be public. My, my son has had play dates with some very famous children that are on the spectrum that will never, ever, mm-hmm. their parents will never say they're no. on the spectrum. Yeah. It takes a very unique person to be willing to step out into the light in a different way. Absolutely. Right. How is your son doing, Jody? Well, today he was a little bit of a jerk, but <laughs> which means he's doing well. That means he's doing great, right? Because that should pro- exactly. that's like the age-appropriate behavior. He, totally, totally neurotypical day, and he just wore me out. <laughs> he speech and everything has been a huge um, challenge for us since day one. So speech, we yeah. had a great speech day today. And I wanted to tell him the STFU, I swear to God. <laughs> so, you I know, I can't that. win for losing in my house, and I just embrace it all. <laughs> I love it. Now, I want to close out the show with just two quick questions for you, Jody. One is, what's the, for, uh, what's the one thing you want people to know about autism or the one misconception that you want to clarify right now? Well, I think the biggest misconception is that it's like a death sentence. You know, every yeah. time I see anything that's on the news, it always seems like death is at the end of it or it's paralleled with that. And it's not. Um, my son, we're fortunate to be able to live a happy, healthy life despite some of his disabilities and some of his um, uh, delays that he has. We actually have a semi-normal world. But you have to accept that your normal is different from everybody else's, and then you can find happiness in that. And so that's, that's kind of one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, that bother me. Um, you know, I think that people thinking children that are on the spectrum and adults on the spectrum don't have a future, that bothers me because they can have the greatest future that you put into them now. They will pull it out in the end. Um, and I just think having hope is the thing that you can hold on to. You know, some cases are more severe, others are, are a little bit lighter on the spectrum, but we're all in it. And you're all, we're all quote unquote different from the normal. But I feel like my normal is the average, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I just tell people keep on keeping on. And with no one diagnosis and no one cause for autism, there's no one cure. So try everything. 
Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. This was an awesome episode, and I'm so glad I got to share these stories with you guys. They're such awesome, unique stories, and these families and these kiddos are incredible. So please go do something good. Go support autism. Visit generationrescue.org. Support the cause. Um, And we just finished filming our documentary, Sibling Warrior, which is my journey with my brother. So if you want to check that out, go to siblingwarrior.com for updates on the film, which is coming out very, very soon. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and listen on iTunes every Wednesday. I will be back next week. Thank you guys for supporting me and for supporting Generation Rescue, and I will be back next week. Bye.